Welcome to How to Be a Humane Leader Without Losing Your Job. On this podcast, we'll explore what it means to be a compassionate and empathetic leader in today's fast-paced business world. With our combined experience and insights, we'll guide you through the ups and downs of leading with heart, all while keeping your job intact. Join us for thought-provoking discussions and actionable advice on how to be a humane leader and succeed in your career. It's time to elevate your leadership game and make a difference in the world, one episode at a time. I am your host, Roberto Torres, an experienced startup engineering leader, along with Chris Ollerkin, a technical IT leader from a large Fortune 100 company. And today, we will be discussing the impact on leadership style on company culture. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm doing good. Spring is in the air here in Tennessee. It's warming up, so uh, I'm feeling very positive with the nice weather. How about you? Great, great. I'm also I'm wearing a T-shirt, so <laughs> yes, the weather in Mexico is going really, really hot. So yes, awesome, awesome. So well, cool. Um, so uh since we're going to talk about uh the impact of leadership around um well uh, on company culture uh and you've been into these uh, large companies uh, what can you tell me about this well you know i one of the things i want to be sure of too is is that i have the perception of me like what kind of leader i was i always wondered what kind of uh leader uh, the teams that worked or directly reported to me thought I was, right? So sometimes those two things are not in agreement. Our company did do um, feedbacks occasionally where you could do a, what's called a 360 feedback. So you would get uh, information about how you were doing uh, from your direct reports or even another level down than that, what, you know, what they thought of you. So I will try and weave that into what I think my leadership style and, and how that impacts the, the, the company culture. I probably felt most of the time I kind of pivoted. Um, I, I did like to use a dem democratic process of leading. In other words, while I believe myself to be pretty intelligent, I know I'm not always the smartest person in the room, but sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm the dumbest person in the room. So I, I would always try and be fair. Let me hear from others. Maybe somebody else has got a great idea. Let's hear it. Not the same person doesn't always have the best idea. So I did tend to try and use some, some democracy style leadership where at least for big decisions where there were many different perspectives, you could, you could get different viewpoints and try and build that into something that would be uh, the best answer. And I think that helps, you know, the culture, because then everybody kind of buys in. You don't always win the argument. You know, if you got one person on the team that always wants to be a right 100% of the time, well, that's just not not realistic. But if you can get a culture in your leadership style where everybody kind of feels that they can drive the ship a little bit or direct where the ship is going, um, they tend to have more buy-in, in, you know, into the direction you're going with the project or the uh, the goals for the year or what, whatever it is that you're you're leading. Okay, nice. And tell me, <coughs> did your reports uh, felt that this was a nice approach to do? Or did someone said, 
I don't know, maybe put on some roadblock saying, no, 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 I don't do, I, I don't want to be a part of this democratic uh, situation. I want you to give me your leadership, leadership style and I, I will go on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the feedbacks um, certainly would depend a lot on the person, right? So some people much prefer just give me a list of tasks and I just want to do the tasks, more uh, transactional based leadership, right? I give me the 10 steps you want me to do, give me the 10 deadlines for those 10 steps, and I'm going to do exactly that. And so there were some people that preferred that. They didn't like to get into the debate. They didn't want to make enemies. What they feared was make enemies mm -hmm. of some of their teammates if maybe their decision won. And so now people aren't going to like me because they they feel like I'm over them or vice versa. You know, they don't want to feel like they lost if their idea doesn't succeed. Um, so, so for me, you know, you have to kind of try and balance as you get to know your team over time. So some teams I had, I worked with some of the people 10 years, you have a much better feel of what kind of leadership works with them and, and keeps them a part of the company culture as a whole. But sometimes you have people that are brand new, got just assigned to your team and they're on a, a, a career rotation type thing where they're only going to work with you for one year. You don't have that kind of time uh, to understand what's going to necessarily work best for that person. In those situations, I always felt, uh, you know, that I had to be a little more autocratic, maybe even, you know, where I got to dictate things a little bit more uh, until I could gain trust in them. And they could trust me enough that maybe they feel more comfortable, um, you know, giving me feedback for what kind of leadership style works for them. Because sometimes, you know, depending on the personality, it, it can take a while to build that kind of rapport for what's going to work uh, best with an, an individual to get them to be most successful and, and help, again, achieving the company's goals. Part of this culture and leadership is ultimately about getting the job done. So you yeah. do have to try and use some of these different methods in different situations to, to get the most out of people. Okay, okay, yeah, it seems uh, reasonable. Um, I've got another question. Does, well, the company culture of the other company you used to work to me that I'm being redundant, uh, allowed you to have uh, this kind of leadership, or was it on your um, uh, um, an innovative um, decision that you made to to be this way? So um, <clears throat> different phases of the organization, different styles, right? So from the very top, in the biggest part of the corporation, it's it's very uh, servient leadership. We are going to dictate exactly what the goals are exactly when they're due you will get rewarded if you make it and you'll get punished if you don't you know so it can be very transactional very um con very controlling but within your smaller teams achieving even though the goals are dictated from the top down right even within your team then how you achieve those goals is very much up to you so the CEO is, is mandating the goals and sets kind of a culture overall for the whole company. But you can, you can maneuver a little bit from that. Uh, but I can tell you, though, the one parts you can't 
maneuver from is, is that part where, look, if they say the goal is to produce 100 widgets and you produce 80 widgets instead of 100, if the culture from the CEO down is you're going to punish, and that means bad performance review, maybe no pay raise, maybe even fired, um, you, you as an individual manager of a smaller team of 50 people, you're not going to change that. The CEO is going to dictate that that happens, even in a gigantic company. Yeah, yeah, because numbers doesn't lie. If you didn't reach the target, if you didn't reach uh, your goals, it doesn't matter what what was behind. You didn't reach your goals. Correct. Right. And so that's why I think you know when you think about your leadership style and how it impacts the culture, there is kind of, in my opinion, gigantic corporate culture, which is set by the CEO, but then within the branches of that big corporation, you're going to have pockets of where the individual leaders have some degree of flexibility to, to, to lead in different ways. And, and, and for the folks that are listening to our show or watching the show, you know, realize that you can't really just pick one style of leadership and, and read one leadership book and I'm always going to use that, and that's the culture I want to set up for my group because humans are all different. And even if you have a team of just 10 people, even those individuals are going to need different leadership styles at different times. Yeah, yeah. In the end, it, it doesn't matter which company culture you're in, you had to reach the goal. It doesn't matter if it's a square one in which you can move, you cannot deviate, and the ones that you to deviate, but you have to reach the goal. Because we are uh, we're companies which are uh, reaching or aiming for uh, to profit, to revenue and profit, so uh, to do that. Okay, got it. Um, let me tell you about uh, this side, uh, the, the startup side. The last topic that, that I was, I really liked and loved the company culture that, that we had because in the end we had the same, <coughs> you know, the, 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 maybe not the same goals, but they said, okay, the goal is over here and you're, you're here. You either go in a straight line over here or it allow your leadership your leadership start to change. So you could go either on a straight line or you could, I don't know, go in a, in a zigzag, but even though if you reach, you got it. So those kind of uh, company cultures in which allows uh, your leadership start to change accordingly to the situation. You know, it's a, um, it is a called a situational leadership in which mm -hmm. you will change according to, to the situation or the people or the team or the problem, I don't know, but something like that. I really, really like it. And one of the founders created that company culture. He used to work at Uber. So he brought the Uber kind of style and his mindset and he made a, a mix of, of that. And it was awesome. It was, okay, we're, we're growing, you know, we're, we're in a fast pace of acquiring users. So you have the tools, you have your mindset, you have uh, the foundation, make it work. And, and it happened. 
Uh, and one thing that I the, uh, that was uh, really grateful was that we had an all hands meeting that was once a month, uh, once a month, excuse me. And sometimes it was once every two weeks. And there, there was someone who had a problem. I don't know, marketing or taxes or sales or something like that. And they, um, with all the heads and all the leads, we could ask questions and maybe propose solutions. And they welcome it rather than say, no, 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 dude. Hey, you're in a different area, you're in a different environment, you cannot say, you don't know. Because rather than having KPIs, we had OKRs. So that allowed that we had this leadership style, excuse me, for this company culture. Yeah. And, and that's called uh, democratic leadership, right? Where the, everybody kind of participates in it. And, and in my opinion, when you get your culture, that leadership culture kind of spreads, people are more willing to contribute even in other areas. In other words, they're not just going to focus on engineering. Look, I don't care about marketing. I'm just going to focus on engineering. When you have a culture that collaborates like that, everybody buys into where the company's going and they want to help each other. You know, it's it's the kind of place where almost anybody could sit down with anybody at lunchtime and talk about work, even though they might be com completely different departments, but help each other, you know, talking about the problem. And that is that is a fantastic culture. And also it, it is not it is um, besides helping. It is that you are grateful to receive that that help and apply it because, as you mentioned before, in the room, you might be the wisest guy, the dumbest guy, or in between. But if you acknowledge other people's expertise, other people's um, uh, thoughts, on maybe um, hard data that they have, and, and you bring it on, you, you might have a, uh, a rapid solution of, of the problem that you might be in. Yes, abs absolutely. And, and and that's, you know, each employee and each leader has to kind of feel their way with what they um, like to work in. And hopefully then they work in a company that is what is most appealing and, and makes them feel the most successful. Um, you know, I think that the impact of leadership style on the company culture also depends on the kind of company it is. So startups, I think, are much more likely to use that kind of democratic style. Everybody's helping each other. We're growing like crazy. There's a lot of interpersonal relationships. I think sometimes in some of these companies that are very, um, just turnover, high turnover, you know, it doesn't, their labor force, not much skill. Um, there's high turnover because people don't get paid much money. You know, some of those, the actual culture of the company is almost non-existent in that most of the employees, you know, let's say the bulk of the employees only work there for a year or two and then they quit or get fired and they're moving on all the time and only a few of the leaders in the company stay there. You know, those people are probably a much more authoritarian leaders, you know, dictating these are the steps. You'll be here at eight. You'll punch out at four. You're taking your lunch at noon. I don't want to hear that your kids are sick. Well, I, you know, that's a leadership style. I think it has a pretty negative impact on company culture, but it is a style. And maybe for that kind of company, 
unfortunately, maybe that's what you got to do because some of your employees only last six months. Maybe is that the cause of the style or is it just because to make your company economically successful, you can only pay minimum wage so people don't want to stay? You know, I, I'm fortunate. I never had to work in an environment like that, but, you know, I've had relatives that have and friends, so I hear of it. And of course, there I'm always looking to move on and move up someplace else, you know, immediately. So I think people need to be aware that the, in many companies have different leadership styles that it impacts their culture. And hopefully you find what works best for you, either as a leader or an employee, and you work there where you enjoy it. Because you got to work a really long time, 40, 50 years. So don't make it 40 or 50 years of torture. Make it 40 or 50 years where you enjoy what you're doing and the people you're working with. And it's in a style that you align with. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And also one thing is that <coughs> this kind of people, this kind of toxic people, uh, they're everywhere. So the important thing is that the company culture stops them and made them either change or you could go somewhere else to, to be toxic because here it, it isn't allowed. Here uh, it is something that we're not fond of. So please go somewhere else to do it. Um, there are, so, um, there are some, uh, some startups that I really know that they have this high rotation of, of people, of employees going around, and mainly uh, they have a success product. Uh, they're, they're having, I don't know, millions of users right now, but either the founders or the C-levels are toxic people. So they go, they, uh, they uh, continuously are hiring people and I remember well, I uh, I read in LinkedIn, I don't know, like a couple of weeks ago, that they say, uh, if, you, if you're going to apply to a job, first find out about, about your boss. It, it, because with that, you will know if it's something that you want to continue or maybe say, heck no, I won't do it. I, I highly agree with that because when I started working full-time uh, I made I, I was teaching swimming lessons for adults when I was in college and one of the ladies I was teaching uh, adult swimming lessons so because she wanted to learn how to scuba dive and you know she was just such a nice lady all the time and she had to take the course over and over to get better and progressed up to advance so I knew her for probably two three years and she told me that her company was hiring and I'm like, this is such a nice lady. I need to interview there. Uh, that's where I ended up working for the pretty much the rest of my life. Oh, a company nice. called UOP. Shirley, hey, if you see me, hey, Shirley, thanks. Um, but I still talk to her to this day. It's 40 plus years later. I still stay in touch with her. Nice. So, so it is important. I cannot stress how important it is for you to do exactly like you said. What's the boss like? What's the company culture like? Do you think you're going to fit in? And it's okay if you don't always find that out. But if you can, you might have a much longer career with the company if you're really aligned with the way that company works. Yeah, 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 indeed. So, well, it was such an awesome luck that you had there. Um, 
And let me tell you, I posted several posts regarding uh, this topic in, within Gardner and LinkedIn. And most of the other people, when I said, uh, do you think that uh, the leadership style is impacted positively, positively or negatively by a company culture? 86% say uh, positively. And I said backwards, do you think company culture is impacted positively or negatively by the leadership style? And 91% say yes. So people are, are, know that uh, uh, that companies are made by people. If so, there is this uh, present factor in which it, it, it is really important. And I said the same, well, kind of same in LinkedIn. And I said, do you think that the company culture affects uh, leadership? And most of the people said uh, it strengthens and inspire, which is 78% uh, versus there is no impact or limits leadership. So it was okay. And other one, it was backwards. Do you think that your leadership style affects um, culture, your company culture? And most of the people say yes, 81% said yes, positive. Uh, um, like 3% uh, says no, 3% said depending on the situation, and 40% say I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> and that may, that may be something related to uh, those people who, who hasn't seen maybe the um, the benefits or the leadership uh, style within the company on a broader sense. So um, maybe is that it? You know? so, well, and everybody's perspective is you know based on what what they experienced. So you know I've worked for only really two major companies. One that acquired the other, but I had lots and lots of different leaders. So I got to experience a lot of different leadership styles over the, the length of my career. Somebody else who's maybe had a career where they also worked at a really large company like I did, but worked at 10 or 15 different companies because every three or five years they were changing jobs, their perspective on how much um, the CEO, let's say, can impact the culture of the company, might they might have a different opinion because maybe they don't get impacted by the leadership's culture as much because they don't stay as long. Yeah. I mean, I saw two very distinct different um, CEOs lead our company over the course of my whole career. Big difference in styles and big impact on the culture within when the new CEO started, probably within two years, the culture really started to change. So, you know, again, everybody's experience is, is a little bit different. I think the important thing is that people investigate that leadership style as leaders so they decide <laughs> what kind of style leadership do they want to be to make sure it's a positive thing on the company culture but as they're looking for jobs know what the culture and leadership style is of the company that you're considering going to so that you're you improve the odds that you're going to enjoy it and be successful because i don't think people are very successful when it's a, a culture that's kind of you know wrong for their personal style values yeah yeah let me tell you uh uh three different scenarios the first one 
I had a bus, a toxic bus, really. I really hate at, uh, working for this guy. So I spent three years, I went to another company, and then six or eight months later, this guy contacted me and said, Roberto, you used to work amazing for me. I'm starting, starting a new company. Do you want to join me? I said, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, yes, the money was higher, the salary was higher, and there were certain things, but I said, no. And I really didn't like uh, his leadership style. But the opposite, in two different situations, I went to another company, and I used to work with different people, and uh, in the previous companies, I contacted them, and I said, I'm going to this company. Uh, do you want to join me? And people say, yes, and... and <laughs> And uh, I'm saying this, well, well uh, <laughs> there is a saying in, 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 in Chico that said that soy la última cerveza fría del estadio. I'm the last cold beer at the stadium mentioning this because I'm saying that I'm, I'm, the, like, I'm the, uh, the, the awesome guy, but it is true. I'm a humane leader. So when I talk with these people and say, hey, do you want to join me? And they say yes, yes. The 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 salary was higher, but one of the things that they told me was, dude, we work awesome. We have this awesome communication, quotes uh, are clear, and uh, you help me rise. So yes, let's do it. So I think that that is uh, the kind of leadership that goes beyond. The company culture that you are right now and goes into the future for the next companies. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Okay, cool. So with this, uh, let's do a wrap up. Very good. Cool. Okay. So, uh, well, thanks for tuning uh, turning in to another episode of How to Be a Human Leader Without Losing Your Job. We have. We hope you found our discussion insightful and informative. Remember, being a humane leader isn't just about being kind and compassionate. It's about being smart and strategic in your approach. So take what you have learned today and apply it to your leadership staff and see the positive impact it can have on both your team and your career. And don't forget, you can catch all our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and YouTube, because we're on video as well. Don't forget to join us again next week for another episode on how to be a human leader without losing your job, when we will be discussing building trust with the employees. Until then, stay humane and stay successful. Bye-bye, Chris. Take care.